Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Kate Lund will join us to discuss resilience. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Well, resilience is often a term bandied about when describing highly effective adults. But what about kids? Certainly childhood is not all fun and games. Well, how do we teach our kids to become resilient? Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Kate Lund. Dr. Lund is a licensed clinical psychologist and performance coach with more than 15 years of experience. She has specialized training in medical psychology from the Shriners Hospital for Children in Boston at Mass General and Beth Israel, which are affiliated with Harvard. And she's an adjunct instructor in psychology at Bastyr University in Seattle. She has penned the new book, Bounce, Help Your Child Build Resilience and Thrive in School, sports, and life. And Dr. Lund, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, certainly a fascinating book you've written here entitled Bounce. You talk about building resilience in, in, in children. How did you come to write this book? I, I had an experience as a child with some serious medical illness. I grew up with a condition called hydrocephalus, and that really uh, caused me to need to be resilient from a very early point if I, you know, were to want to keep up with my peers and all of that sort of thing in school and sports and just across the board. So that was the first um first reason I uh, became interested in resilience early on. And then, of course, uh, I'm a clinical psychologist, and um, resilience, the research related to resilience has been a very important piece of my work uh, as a psychologist and helping folks to build resilience and thrive uh, despite the stressors they face. And then the third reason really is um, relating to my own life now uh, as a mom of 10-year-old twins and uh, watching them sort of, you know, navigate uh, and manage through the trials and tribulations and great points of being a 10-year-old out in fourth grade. So those are really the three reasons that I wrote the book, and it sort of comes together in the book. Uh, So how much of a relationship is there between resilience and, and achieving one's potential? I believe there's a significant relationship because the the thing is, if if a child is not able to move through and beyond uh, challenge, um, you know, and and that's really how we define resilience: the ability to move through and beyond challenge, to sort of get back up again when things are hard, when we get knocked down, when something doesn't go right the first time. Um, so if if a child isn't able to do that, um, is the chances of them uh, maximizing or reaching their potential are really diminished. Uh, Are there any other factors besides just resilience that that go into this? A child wants to really be engaged in their passions. 
Um, they need to have a supportive, um, you know, foundation structure in some domain of their life, whether that's at home, in school, out in the community, that sort of thing. So, yeah, you know, re resilience comes comes together with a lot of other variables and factors um, that are that are influencing influencing a child's life to help them to move in the direction of their potential, maximize that potential, if you will. Absolutely. I have a couple of kids, and you watch them then try, and they get frustrated in, in their task, and you, you really want to help them, and you, you, you don't like seeing them upset. How do we remove ourselves from the process and help them learn to tolerate frustrations and, and manage their emotions? Right. Absolutely. That's a great question. And sort of that, that's the first pillar that we talk about um, in Bounce, uh, this idea of tolerating frustration and managing emotions as a way of becoming more resilient, as a way of being able to get up and move forward despite, um, despite getting knocked down. And, you know, we, we can teach kids to tolerate frustration, manage emotions in a range of ways. And the way we do it, or I do it in my practice, is really teaching um, the child, the child's family, um, a range of different uh, mindfulness-based techniques, which really help to align um, a child's thinking with their cognitions and then with their actions. And once we're able to do that, um, kind of in the heat of the moment, if you will, uh, say, say let's say a child is in the classroom and they're staring at that math test and that problem is just, they can't remember how to do it. It's just gone. It's gone from their head, even though, you know, in a more relaxed environment last night, they were able to know exactly how to do it and they were ready and they were prepared for that test. But in the moment, mind goes blank and that's when emotions can start spiraling out of control um, and a child can just shut down. So we want to teach them to take that step back in those types of moments. And these types of moments can happen anywhere. Um, in, in the scope of, of where, what a child is doing each day. It doesn't just have to be in the classroom. I want to help that child step back from that situation in the moment and really bring themselves down to another place, sort of um, modulate their emotions, connect those emotions to what they're thinking. And we, we call this a, a, a state of um, coherence. We want to help them get coherent such that they're calmer, their breathing relaxes, their heart rate relaxes, everything just sort of goes into a state of flow, if you will. And at that point, what we see happen is what the child already knows can be more easily accessed. And all of a sudden, the answer becomes more clear or the way to make that problem happen becomes more clear or what they wanted to say in the book group book report or the presentation becomes more clear. So it's really a, a series of mindfulness-based techniques that we use to help a child get to that point. Probably good advice for everybody, really. Oh, absolutely. And that's a really important point is that everything that we talk about in this book related to kids really applies across the lifespan. So uh, we touched upon one of your pillars here, uh, and you have seven of the pillars that uh, you, you say go into uh, building resilience. Sure, absolutely. Yes, as you mentioned, there's seven pillars of the resilient child here outlined in the book, and we, we just touched on the first one, which is very important, this ability to tolerate frustration and manage emotion. Um, the second pillar, also very important, um, they're all important, but the second one particularly so, um, this idea of navigating friendships and social pressures. And 
so, so important um, for kids on so many levels these days, particularly as um, relationships, friendships, social pressures have become that much more complex. And um, the ability to really navigate these things um, from a real point of uh, self-awareness, um, you know, helping kids to develop that self-awareness so they know who they are and where they want to go, and also um, helping kids to develop the skills to accept individual difference and understand each other from the various perspectives from which their peers are coming, such that kids aren't tearing other kids down because they're different, but rather embracing them and trying to understand them with, um, you know, a sense of compassion and curiosity. And those are really important things um, to sort of start that process of being able to effectively navigate friendships and social pressures. And we, we teach kids how to do this through really um, helping them to develop the core skills of emotional intelligence. Um, and there are a number of different curriculums out there that we use to really help to integrate um, those skills of emotional intelligence and self-awareness and all of these things into a child's fundamental way of being so that they are able to navigate friendships and social pressures, particularly as they become more complex over time. So with each of these, is it sufficient to have a couple of these as, as a foundation, or do you really need all seven in, to really build resilience, kid? You know, there, there are certain things that are, that are really, really um, key, tolerating frustration, managing emotion, ability to navigate friendships, social pressures, developing courage is another one of the pillars we talk about. It's very important to be able to have the courage to get back up when you're knocked down, um, that sort of thing. We also talk about motivation, confidence, optimism. But absolutely, a child can be resilient without having all of these things locked into place in some sort of a definitive way because, as we know, you know, things ebb and flow over the, the lifespan, the course of childhood. And, you know, certain kids, uh, you know, perhaps aren't as ready developmentally um, socially or emotionally or what have you, to really lock in um, some of these things, but they'll develop over time. And so the idea is we want to start moving in the direction such that the kids have, you know, so that kids have um, a sense of all of these and begin the building process. But um, kids can be resilient with partially created pillars, a couple pillars created, you know, that sort of thing. It's really developmental and um, individual, situational, if you will. Uh, sort of a, a plan for growth for, for building th resilience throughout life, in a way. Exactly. It's a plan for growth, precisely. So you, you worked with a number of kids. How have they responded to them? Uh, how, what kind of changes have you seen in them? Yeah, really, really well, actually. Um, you know, this is the, the model that I use in my practice. Um, I work with a lot of kids, um, you know, both in terms of sort of school, the classroom, academic type of issues, um, as well as on the playing fields and in sports. Um, and I've seen uh, great results and great changes uh, as kids, um, you know, learn some of these things. For example, you know, the child comes in really struggling with an aspect of, um, you know, their life in the classroom, maybe test anxiety, maybe mind going blank when they, you know, the example that we had before when they had the, the process down for the test the night before, 
And once kids are able to really learn the tools to modulate their emotional responses, tolerate the frustrations um, as a result of that that they might be experiencing in the classroom, um, the results can be extraordinary. And um, I see it all the time. So the idea is I teach kids this idea of managing emotions in the office using a certain um, certain uh, technology on the computer screen, uh, and the idea is that they then learn how that feels to be in that state of coherence, and they can take that out with them into the world, call up that state any time that they need it. Um, so, yeah, that's been, been really, um, really uh, excellent to see because we've had a lot of great results in navigating friendships, social pressure, uh, developing that sense of emotional intelligence, very, very helpful as well. It's easier said than done. It's a process that, that has to evolve over time and through different developmental stages, but also, um, yeah, very, very uh, effective from what we've seen and from the feedback that I get every day. Um, and same thing with the other pillars. You know, always helpful for a child to be more courageous, courageous you know, able to take that step forward. Um, confidence is huge, and then optimism is really important. If we can help shift a child's trajectory of how they're thinking, help them to focus on the good um, first while still taking the challenges into account, but oftentimes kids will go right to the bad, and this is bad, and that's bad, and we find that that's just not very helpful. And to help them to create a more optimistic um, paradigm, a more optimistic framework um, has really generated some great results for folks. Are there any particular pillars or situations that children seem to have the, the most problem with in terms of building resilience? Is something you see fairly, fairly commonly more often than not? You know, not, not that I can, can say definitively. Um, you know, it all depends on who the child is, um, what their challenges are, um, what their kind of aptitudes are, what their affinities are, what direction do they want to go. Um, you know, so any of these things, um, you know, can be, can be challenging to wrap our, our, our hands and our heads around depending on our individual circumstances. So I, I always design, um, you know, a program where I'm working with kids on developing these skills in a very individual way. Um, I really want to know who that child is, what are their challenges, what's their personality like. So it really all evolves from um, the therapeutic or the coaching relationship um, that, that, you know, I develop with a child, a family, that sort of thing. And their individual goals are very important as well. Um, to put all of that into perspective. Well, uh, you have some sort of final words regarding your book, and maybe if, if people want to find out more about you and uh, philosophy here. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I have a uh, website, uh, www.pugetsoundsportspsychology.com, and um, talks you know, about my philosophy in a little bit um, more depth and um, has information on the book as well. Um, and the book, uh, yeah, is available um, in local bookshops as well as on Amazon. All right. Well, I certainly hope everyone goes and takes a look. The new book is called Bounce, Help Your Child Build Resilience and Thrive in School, Sports, and Life. And our guest today was Dr. Kate Lund. And uh, Dr. Lund, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. 
And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking. <laughs>